our Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to uh, uh, be reading from this morning. And, um, and so uh, we started a new series last week called, and the title of the message is uh, Keep Going. That's the title of the series. In fact, it's a theme that you're going to see throughout the year. Um, uh, and, 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 the, and, and really the, the purpose for this series, or the intent of it, if I would say, is twofold in my, in my mind. The first, the first is, 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 is the idea that, 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 that of, of not be giving up, not quitting, not going backwards. Keep pressing forward towards your goal, towards your destiny, towards the promises that God has for you. You know, God never promised that we will not have any rough times or any bumps on the road. But he does say that if we stick with him, he says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And so there's a spirit uh, that you find throughout the Bible, a theme that you would find throughout the scriptures, that God is always charging us to go forward. No matter what, we don't, we don't know what's ahead, but we keep pressing forward. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said, faith is, uh, is taking the next step, even when you, without seeing the, the whole staircase. You know, that's where faith comes in. It's like, I know I might be at a place right now in my life that's not absolutely fabulous. It's not what I would be liking to do right now, but I believe better days are ahead. I believe that there's more. My life isn't done yet. I haven't seen my, the best days yet. Uh, you know, that's what King David said once. He says, because he had been beat up a lot. And he had been beat up a lot and he's wanting to, to give up. But he says, no, I'm pressing in. He says, I, I, you know, he says, I would, have, I would have given up. He says, I, my, I was really sad. I, it looks like the, uh, hopeless and everything. And I would have given up. But there's something inside of me that says, I will not give up. Because I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so he encouraged himself to keep on waiting on the Lord. To keep on calling on the Lord. To keep on trusting in the Lord when he couldn't see in front of him. And that's part of uh, in, in the first intent of this message and this series overall is as it relates to us personally and what God has for each one of us. He says in Jeremiah, articulates it very clearly, that I know the plans that I have concerning you. And those plans, they're good. They're good. They're not bad. They're not horrible. They're good. And, 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 and they're good. And, and, and that God says that I, I want to prosper you. I, want to, I, want, I don't want to harm you. I don't want to hurt you. I want to prosper you. Those are the plans and the thoughts that I have concerning you. God saying that to some people this morning. Maybe you've been giving up on some dreams you've had. Maybe you've been kind of uh, feeling like, oh man, I don't know if it's going to happen. It might happen for so-and-so. It might happen for my neighbor. It might happen for my friend. But for me, I just don't see this thing coming. I want to encourage you this morning. No, it's time to start up, start up faith within you. And say, I w- yes, I would have given up. After I've gone through what I've gone through, I would have given up. But I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The second part is, is really, the second component of this is, is that I, I'm hoping that through this, and I'm praying that through this, that God will start up within our hearts that dream that God has. There's a dream that I have. There's a dream and, 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 and a destiny that I have. But there's a dream that God has for us as believers collectively, as a church, a local church, but a, as a body of Christ, not just a here in our city, but throughout the world and, and throughout different generations because God's dream, if he sets his dream on us. So we're counting on God and God's counting on us. And the dream that God has for us, Matthew 28 uh, uh, talks about, Jesus talks about it, and he says that, uh, that, that I, he, he, it's what we call the Great Commission. 
He's put in us some responsibilities as believers because unless we keep carrying on, unless we keep going with the message that he's given us, it kind of stops. You know where I'm going with this. It's a great commission. That's God's dream. It's God's dream. The, Lord's, the Bible says this, that it is not the Lord's will. He says it's not the Lord's will that any man shall perish. But he says that his desire is that all people may come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Why does God want that? Because we know, and we should always be reminding ourselves, that this, we know that this is not all that there is. This life is very short. And unless the people we come across in our lives, our family members, our friends, our strangers, even the horrible people out there, everybody needs the hope of our Savior. Not just for this life, more so for the life that is to come. That's why we have to be, as believers, we have to be gospel-centered people. We have to be a gospel-centered church. Uh, you know, a lot of things can happen. We do a lot of great things to the church. We can have a lot of activities that go on, a lot of relationship building. But unless we are winning souls and making disciples, we're giving up on God's dream. So that's another part of it that I'm praying that even through the word that God will challenge us and continue to stir up our faith so that we can operate in these dual uh, ways where we are believing God for ourselves, we're believing God for our destiny, that through those though, that God uses everything we have, our time, our money, um, our energy, and we intentionally, intentionally um, uh, uh, progress towards leading people to Christ and living for that passion inside of us. Um, and, and I'll share a couple of thoughts with you as we go on. So if you got Joshua chapter 1, why don't we read a story we read last week. And I'm going to go on with the Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to come and lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From Negev to the wilderness in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east and the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you leave, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I saw to their ancestors I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to, observe, to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left then you will be successful in everything you do. Now, I would want to have that kind of life. It's like, this is what I want to do. It's a sex. This is what I... And like God says, when you keep keen on these things, when you keep keen on these things, you will be successful at everything you do. Man, I want that for my life. Everything you touch. Study the book of instruction, verse 8, continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be able to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and have success in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a powerful passage of Scripture. If you haven't been reading the Bible, if you started uh, with one of those uh, New Year resolutions, hey, I'm going to read the Bible every day this year, man, it's not too late. Keep going. Don't stop. Joshua is a good place to start. Read these scriptures again. Keep on. Get ahead of us a little bit. And you watch the Lord. Because he's saying you, you read the scripture all the time, he says. You, you meditate upon it all the time. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing that is a very um, challenging thing in our culture right now, many believers don't know the word. We depend on preacher men like me to teach you the word. And there is a place for that. But you need to be in the word yourself. God wants to teach you. You're like, oh, I don't get it. Well, you wait. You, be, you keep on pressing on. You keep on reading. You keep on asking. God will start breaking things to you because he sees your heart seeking after him. You know, and that's something really, really interesting. Now, I talked about the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. It says, go into the world. And, and, uh, and make disciples of all nations. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then the next line says, teaching them to, co- to, 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 to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you till the end of the age. Interesting. Come at some of the same words. But uh, one component that I feel like our culture has neglected in our time, or our generation for much, is that element in the Great Commission that has to do with teaching. We have a lot of instruct, we have a lot of inspire, people that inspire us. We have a lot of gifted people that are way better uh, uh, speaking and, and encouraging us and getting us uh, um, into, into encourage and believing for today. But I tell you, if you're gonna survive for the long haul, you need to be in the word. You need to get your word written in your heart. That's what Jeremiah says, that in the last days, uh, I will pour, I, I will, I will, I, I will, how I can, I can say it. Jeremiah 33, uh, it says, talks about how that in the last days, so what God wants to, He wants to take the scriptures and, 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 and put that inside of us. I will put my laws within them and write them on their hearts, He says. Gotta get it in your mind before it can get into your heart. And He's saying the secret of success you, uh, in everything you do, the secret of actually being able to have the Lord's presence going with you everywhere you go is that you have to be a person. You have to be a woman. You have to be a man uh, of the word. So Joshua comes along after this incredible leader. Moses is one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Moses, when you, when you really think about it, some of the stuff he wrote, it's like, let's, say, let's say he didn't even have God in his life. And he just made up all this stuff. Then he was an incredible genius. Moses laid the foundation of things that we are using to this day, even in our judicial system. That's carried out through the years. Moses is a guy, the man you're thinking, you know it was, is a man who knew the Lord. He talked to God face to face. John, so Joshua comes after Moses. Moses is dead now. And life is moving on. Moses' calling and his goal, um, uh, he was told by God to go and tell Pharaoh of Egypt to let God's people go. He let my people go. You go tell him that. 
But here God is pulling Joshua. Moses is now long gone. And Joshua is calling to uh, his new calling in his life. And God tells Joshua, keep on going. I know Moses brought you out of slavery. He brought you out of oppression. He brought you out of the life of um, being living under someone else's um, uh, hand over your life. And he gave you freedom. But that's not all that there is that I have for you. My plans for you, my future, my thoughts towards you are much greater than just being free. I have a destiny for you, so keep on going. Get up, keep on going. You saw how I was with Moses. I will be with you the same way. But keep on going. Do not give up. Don't stop here. Don't get all comfortable in tents. Yes, you're free. You're no longer a slave. Yes, you might be living a good life. But I don't want you to just live a good life. I want you to live a fabulous life. I want you to live a great life. I don't want you to just survive. I want you to thrive. It says, keep on going. A couple of years ago, the Lord has spoken to me about the direction of what the focus of our church would be that year. And he said to me in that year, is that we needed to be gospel-centered. We need to get, no matter what we do, we need to always keep the gospel as the forefront of everything we do. And if you came to this church, everything you will hear, you'll see in any print, you'll see the word go. You know, basically citing the Great Commission and reminding us again and again that, yeah, no matter what happens, this is still the focus and this is why we are here. To go. And as I was seeking the Lord's direction this last year, just concerning this year, and the Lord says, keep going. Keep going. Come on, say that with me. Keep going. And as I was praying about this, the Lord started showing me, you know, He wants to do something for us individually as people, if we could catch the spirit of this, to keep going in our own lives. There are some people that maybe have kind of put some dreams on the side because they feel like this is never going to happen. I want to tell you today, the Lord saying, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't go backwards. Don't stop there. Don't get comfortable. Your destiny is better. You haven't seen nothing yet. But also the other part is that the Lord's recharging us that we need to renew that spirit of always being cognizant of the dying world that's dying without the knowledge of Christ. I prayed for many people in their deathbed. I've prayed for many people in their last times. And, and you, there's always that reality check. The boy, just like the Bible says, that we are here today and gone tomorrow. And the truth is that the scripture tells us what our fate is with Christ or without Christ. And you know they did a survey once. I was reading it, I think, from USA Today. They've done a survey <coughs> once and said that 78% of Americans believe they're going to heaven when they die. 78%. And you know why that is? Because a lot of people believe they are good people. In fact, they probably are good people. The sad part is there will be many good people that will never make it to heaven. And that, that breaks my heart. And there will be some really nasty people that make it there. Only because they made, whether you made that decision your whole life or the last moment, the scripture teaches us it's everything. The guy on the cross 
two guys next to Jesus dying on the cross. Both of them were criminals and deserved to be there as per the law of the time. One guy mocks Jesus. He says, wow, if you are some great prophet and who you claim to be, why don't you help yourself out? And, and it's one of those things that a lot of believers get and they face through their non-believing friends. It's like, if God is so good, why would I let all these bad things happen? And, you, and then people get stuck. They can't move past that. So that mocking is in you. It's not a 21st century phenomenon. The people are smarter. They're thinking better. No, they're not. The people are the same. There's nothing new under the sun, the law says. The same thoughts, the same challenges that they experience. It might show up in different ways, but people are people. No matter what culture, no matter what place, no matter what generation, having grown up in two different cultures and traveled a little bit, I know could tell you very, very, very clearly that people are people. One mocks Jesus outright and says, hey, the guy is dying, but he's still mocking a man of God. And the other guy says, you know, I know that I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, you are not supposed to be here because you're not like us. Guess what he just did? He just admitted that he was a sinner and that Christ was perfect. Never got taught the sinner's prayer, but he prayed it just out of, because God judges the heart, not how properly you could articulate everything. And then he says, you know, when you, when you go where you're going, don't forget about me. And Jesus looks at the guy and says, you know, today, you'll be with me in paradise. He never learned John chapter 1, John 3, 16. He never learned all of that. But he confessed with his heart, he, the Lord Jesus, with his mouth, the Lord Jesus. He believed in his heart. And the Lord gave him eternal life right there on the spot. And there are many people that even know a lot, good people out there, and, but they're dying without knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In John chapter 3, the whole story of Nicodemus tells us how many good people haven't even started. That's why we have 78% thinking they're going to heaven. But people need to be confronted. Everyone needs to be confronted with the gospel. And then they have to make the decision on how they're going to respond to the gospel. Their response is not our job. Their response is theirs. But it says this gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24, shall be preached in all the earth and the, the, the end will come. Because God wants the gospel to be presented to everyone. Guess what? That's our job. As believers, we've had the gospel. Wouldn't it be easy to get the gospel and be gone? No, God has some work for us to do. And as I was reading this story, and thinking about it in those two dimensions, I think, and I'll kind of navigate through those uh, with three thoughts I want to just share with you. In order to keep going, there are some things we need to kind of pay attention to that I kind of drew out from, from, that, from the story we read. The first thing we have to do is really, if you're going to keep going, you have to learn this thing that is very difficult sometimes, easy to say, and they got ahead of me, so you're looking at the screen instead of listening to me. No, you're fine. I'm just kidding. I'm not very serious. It's like you need to learn how to let go of the past. 
And it's a very small phrase. But boy, isn't it hard to do sometimes. Let go of the what, what? The past. The past. Allow God to walk you through the new. There's so many metaphors, teachings, stories. You'd find that in the Bible, it talks a lot about the old and the new. The old robe, the new robe. The old earth, the new earth. Like you will see that because God brings newness. He is the creator God. And he wants us to touch that principle into our lives. Look at the first thing God, when he comes to talk to Joshua, and he's encouraging Joshua to keep going, to keep going towards the promise, to keep moving forward and go towards their destiny. The first thing God tells Joshua is that Joshua, Moses is dead. Moses, my servant, he's dead. I know you loved him. He mentored you. He was an awesome leader. You saw all sorts of things that he did. Like parting the Red Sea. Like striking a rock and water coming out in the desert. Like seeing all sorts of things. Writing these amazing books. The first five books of the Bible. (laughs) Incredible. But guess what? His time is over. Moses is not coming back. He's dead. The past is so interesting because it can become a hindrance for us moving forward, both in the positive and in the negative. I have met guys that, boy, you can sit down with them and talk about the present and be bored out of your mind, cracking your fingers, you know, and thinking about what. But when you come and you start talking about the past, man, they come alive. Why? Because the best days were back there. They had success back there. They had wins back there. And so they are completely blind of what God can do now and the possibilities of today and tomorrow because they are still hanging on to the glories of yesterday. Maybe they are the high school quarterback and the coolest dude at school back then. Now they are 45, they are still in their parents' basement. But they were still the high school quarterback and the coolest dude at school. I've ran into some of those guys. You're like, wow, that dude, that's what he came up with. He's like 35. And he... Now maybe yours is like that. And you've never moved forward. Let me tell you this. God has better things ahead. You need to let go of that past. Thank God for what he got you through. But boy, today is a new day. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Come on, forget about that. You have more glory ahead. Others, they hang on to the Bible. And this is harder even sometimes I've found. Is when the past has had a lot of damage, a lot of hurt, a lot of disappointments, a lot of failures. Maybe things that were not fault of your own. One of the biggest hindrances is family. You don't get to pick. Lord, before I come out, this is the family I want to be in. Take me to the millionaire family that are perfect and they do everything right. You just show up, you're a baby, you're like, hello, this is your family, this is your home, this is you now. I 
And it has such power over people. And you meet people in their 50s. They're still blaming their dad or their parents for what they did. And I'm not putting down that they, horrible things happen. Not all of us come into the world in the most ideal circumstances. Some maybe even sitting in here. You don't even know maybe who your biological parents are. The law says the past is gone. Here you are now. Let me tell you the plans I have for you. Moses is dead. But you need to get up and keep going. Because the plans I have for you, irrespective of what your past was. Yes, your past left some marks in you. Yes, you are dented. Some of the awkward things about you are because of the past. But in Christ, he says, he breaks the past. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed of every piece of baggage that we inherited. We can look forward to our destiny and keep pressing forward towards the goal. We can press forward through faith. Maybe it's work. You ventured out in business and you're like, man, I felt like I I was to do something in my life. And you try it and you flop. And there are some people who will never. I met a guy that had a broke uh, had a broken engagement and decided he'll never marry again. The guy's still not married. And that's crazy. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. God has a future. Don't let people hinder your future. They might have affected your past, but let them not dictate your future. If you're in crisis, they'll give you the strength to overcome the future. I'm always impressed by President Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, because if the guy would have given up, he had a million times to give up. He failed. When he showed up, he's like, I'm going to go into politics. Failure. His family had a bunch of hits. But the guy, what did he do? Just keep pressing on. He keep on going. Keep on going. Unelected. Several times. But he kept on going. And now we're still talking about him. Hello. We're not talking about the people that gave up. We're only talking about the people that kept on going. Did they have odds against them? Yep. Were the cards decked up against them? Yes. What they do? They kept on going. They kept on believing that I will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Might be speaking to somebody today. It's dead. It's gone. Let go. Let God. Keep on going. We need to master that. When it's coming back to you. Speak to yourself. Oh but. Nope. Speak to it. Speak to the discouragement. Speak to the fear. What is, how do you speak to it? Speak by the promises of God. Oh man, I'm broke right now. Well, but I'm a child of a king. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in want. Oh boy. But I'm not feeling good. Yeah, the Lord is my healer. 
He's my deliverer. He's my salvation. I shall keep on holding on. And this happens even with witnessing. In fact, I found it to be one of the biggest things of witnessing. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm going I'm to be very, very uh, strong about sharing uh, uh, Jesus with people. And the first person start talking to them, you know, it's going on good in your life. You feel like God's really touching you and doing some great things in your life. You talk to someone, they just kind of water it down and make it look stupid. And you said, I'm never going to do that again. You start citing like, Read a digest and stuff. You're thinking it's a scripture. You decided, it was like, wow, I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. Decided, hey, that was a flop. No. Keep on sharing Jesus. Keep on talking about the Lord. You don't have to be a master of theology. Be a master of just sharing what God has done in your life. Let them debate everything else they want to debate. Say, I know what my life was like. I used to be angry. I used to be this. I used to be that. I'm not perfect. But God's changing me. Just share your story. Learn how to share your story with people. They could argue all they want. They could come up with the biggest theories in the world and different excuses. People will always have excuses. There's a story that's very interesting in the Bible is when Jesus gives us a little picture of these two guys that went, that had died, that lived their lives and that died, and they had very different lives on earth. And he says the one guy actually had a rough life on earth. When he got to the other side, he had been a righteous man, and he was on the on the good side of of, of, of the divide. And the other guy actually had a good life on earth, but uh, he didn't. But he was on the wrong side of the divide. And the guy on the other side was like saying, please, just give me another chance to get back to my life so I could at least tell my family about the Lord. Maybe they won't make the mistakes I made. I said, that's not going to, that's gonna, not, not going to help. He says, okay, even if you don't let me go back, why don't you just send somebody? And you know what the Lord said to the person? He said, even if we send someone from the dead, they won't believe they would not believe. They had the prophets. They had all these things, but they still did not believe. I want, there's something very important that I want you to catch from that. Is this. There's this misconception that we always think that if we just had some tremendous miracles, it will outdo all the unbelief that's in the world. Here's the truth. No. And when we're talking miracles, we're talking about physical miracles. Oh, that guy came in and they were healed. They were blind. Even if we had people being raised from the dead, some people will still doubt. I mean, you'll be walking on water. It's like, wow, it was 20 degrees outside. It was frozen. (laughs) They'll come up with all sorts of things. Because it's not that. It's an issue of the heart. Because Jesus went about doing all sorts of miracles. He had a lot of followers. But he also had a lot of people that call him. They call him all sorts of names. Some of them call him like a demon-possessed guy. He says he's casting out demons because he's full of demons himself. They said that to Jesus. 
All that to say, guys, if they turn on you, you're just fine. Don't let even your past failures in sharing Jesus keep you from sharing Jesus. Learn to tell people about your story. They can argue. It's like, well, I know what my life was like before Christ. I can show you my friends that I was hanging out with when I was a teenager. And look, look at their lives and look at my life. You can argue with that. But I can tell you it's only because of Jesus. I know where I would have been if it wasn't for the Lord. I can tell you that. You can argue all you want out here. But that's the story of my life. That's what Jesus did to me. I need a good amen right now. Are you getting started up to start sharing Jesus in Lincoln? Don't let even the past hold you back. And the last one. Being strong is a must. Say that with me. Being strong is a must. It's not an option. You have to be. Verse 6 says, be strong and courageous. This is God talking to Joshua. For you are the one that will lead these people to possess the land which I saw to their ancestors I will give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to, to, to follow all the instructions that I gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be able, you will be successful in everything you do. Verse 9, it says, This is my command. Again, not an option, not a suggestion. It says, This is my command. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Is someone discouraged right now because you've been beat up a couple of times? And your strengths failed you. The Lord saying is commanding you right now to be strong. To take courage. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That phrase right there is the most underutilized promise that I've seen with believers. The promise when God says, I will be with you wherever you go. I challenge you to go study the Bible and see every time where the Lord said, I was with him. He says, Jesus Christ, he went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed by the enemy. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And sometimes our phrase, we take it too lightly because we've heard of it many times. God be with you. God is for me. God, I mean, if you're with God, he's with you. That's enough to get anybody start up when we think about it. But I mean, a whole I need help. But guess what? God's with me. I'm facing giants, impossible situations. But guess what? God is with me. I am tired and exhausted. I'm about to give, but what? God's with me. Because where God is, there's freedom. It doesn't matter where you might end up finding yourself in life. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Hebrew guys, uh, the young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were ready to go. They were obedient to the point of death. We read that this morning. Huh? They were being thrown into the fire. They knew the sick. They knew what was, was going to happen. And they said, you know, the Lord's with us. If we go and we burn, that's okay. Because the Lord's with us. But we also believe that God is capable of getting us out of this hole. But even if he chooses not to, 
we still believe. We will still believe Him. We will still trust Him. Because God is with me. Job faced tremendous challenge in his life. Lost all his family except his wife. Ten kids. God's sickness. Lost all his wealth. And yet he says, God, he says, Lord, even if you slay me, yet I will trust in you. I know you're with me. I feel it. I understand it. I believe it. You're with me. The promise of the Lord's presence of our lives is one of the best blessings we could ever have. You go to an interview that's intimidating, but if God's with you, you don't have to really try to make up stuff. Just be yourself and do what you need to do because God's with you. He'll open doors for you where nobody can shut. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Question is, is God with you or not? Because if he's with you, you can go where he's telling you to go. Say, God, oh man, I'm not quite qualified for this. Maybe I will be in about two years, but not quite, not quite yet. But if God's with you, you go. What's the worst that could say, happen? No. No. Big deal. God's still with me. It's a change in attitude, a change in thinking in our lives. God told Joshua, be strong. Three times. Be of good courage. Each time God said this, he would talk to about different facets of, the, 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 of him. He says, you know, be strong. Um, I say, be strong and courageous for uh, you. You are the one. You know, no, no, no one else uh, will get these people out there. You are the one. I was talking, I was dealing with a kid who was dealing with attitudes. And I said, you know, there's only one person in the world just kind of helping him think something that can change that. You could do what I tell you to do, but there's something, if the attitude is the problem. It's not even what you do. It's not your action here. But there's only one person in the world that can change this. Guess who that is? He goes, oh, it's me. Exactly. And there are things in your life right now that will never change unless you decide. That I'm a child of God. I'm a child. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a son of God. I believe God is the one that will see me through me. If he got me to it, he can get me out of it. I will not give up. I will not move back. I will not give. I wouldn't sit down and stop moping because God is with me and I'm going to before that this depends on me there's work to be done and I'm the one to do the work it's a very quiet congregation way too quiet but I hope the word of God is sinking in I hope some dreams are being resurrected this morning I hope some faith is being built up this morning, believing, yep, the past is gone. Moses is dead. That thing is gone. I'm letting go. I'm moving forward because better days are ahead. I hope we're getting strong. I said, yep, I did get knocked down a couple times. In fact, I did fall a couple times, but I'm rising up again. Because the Lord says that the righteous man, he may fall. He may even fall seven times, but he rises up and he keeps on going. Myself, I can't do it alone. But with God, all things are possible. Some dreams that were tucked in a long time ago, buried a long time ago, need to be spoken to today. Because God's not done. He has great things for your life. Maybe people messed with your life. Maybe your past wasn't even your fault. Got passed on, things got really bad, and you just have a higher mountain to climb than the pastor next door. Talking to one of them. Remember when I moved to this country, I was a young man, 21 years old or something. 
in love, getting married. But I'm coming. You know, you come from a different country. You have an accent, so people always ask you the first question, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Solo. How do you spell that? The only way in any language on earth to spell solo. I know if Andy went in and said, my name is Solo, they wouldn't ask him how to spell that. But I remember coming in, and some of the guys that were my age, there are certain things that they had ahead. I I was starting over. I had already started in Kenya as a young person. I'd already made a career for myself, and I'm doing stuff. But when I came here, it didn't count. And you interview with people, and they look at you, and then these customer-related kind of jobs, and they, you, so you talk to people, and they're like, wow. They won't say it, but you know it's an obstacle. And I'll bring on the table and say, okay, listen, I know I have a different accent, and I'm going to be talking to customers, and da, da, da. So let's just bring this in the open. But I was bold enough to bring that conversation. Now, it made some people uncomfortable because they want to discuss that. But that was just the truth. Let's not bury uh, our head in the sand. This is just the reality. But let me prove to you that your customers will be happy at the end. You know, so, but you have to go back and think, no, it's not, it's not they determining my future. It's him determining my future. He told me to go to Lincoln. I said, like, yep, God, there you go. Where God tells you to go, you go. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Is it a desert? Isaac planted seed in the time of drought. The Bible says Isaac So There was a great drought in the land, the Bible says in Genesis. And Isaac had a word of God to sow seed. And the Bible says that he sowed seed in a time of drought when everybody was trying to preserve every little they had. But because the Lord had spoken to him, he sowed seed in time of drought. And the Bible says that year, Isaac reaped a hundred folds. God, God said it. And I remember feeling like I'm a little behind. I got to catch up with everybody that's my, my age. Start over. Right, driving on the right side of the road, on the left side of the road. Which one is correct? What's it? The correct side of the road. All those switches. But yet the Lord had sent me here. And I thought he had sent me here for two years. Because that's what I'd signed up for. And I got ready to leave. And God says, where are you going? And I remember the Lord reminded me that maybe 10 years later. And I thought, wow. I remember when I felt like I was a little behind trying to catch up with guys that were my age here. Because I had to start over. When they were kind of moving on. I was like, I'm not really behind them. Why? God was with me. I want to encourage you today, if you are that person where you feel like, boy, I started off late. I didn't start on time. I'm kind of behind on this. It does not matter. The Bible says that God for God, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. He can do what? What would take someone 20 years to do? God can do it in one day for you. You keep on pressing on. Don't stop. Don't move backwards. Don't do the moonwalk thing. You keep on pushing forward. Keep going. 2018, let it be the year. January is gone. Come on, January is dead. You failed a couple times. You didn't keep your 
goals and whatever, it doesn't matter. It's dead. It's February, there's March, April, May. Let God work in your life. Start where you are today. And keep going. Let's stand up. Did you get something from God this morning? Are you encouraged? Amen. Come on, let's give him praise in the house. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. And I want to pray for you. I want to... Maybe God's speaking to you today. Maybe he's speaking to you today in the area of letting go of the past. Some things that you've been hanging on, they've been a hindrance, maybe failures, maybe hurts, distractions that have kind of weighed on you for a long time and you haven't moved forward. Today's the day to put it at the foot of the cross, letting go and letting go on. Maybe you haven't been confident. Your image of yourself has been kind of been beat up, beat down. And God says, stand up today. You need to know who you are. People don't define who you are. Society does not define who you are. The culture does not define who you are. The mean kid at school does not define who you are. Quit comparing yourself to others. Your identity is in God. Start seeing yourself be strong, be courageous. Walk as a daughter or as a son of a king, child of the Most High God. Lift your head up. Don't look down. He's with you. And maybe you're here today and you haven't really mastered that courage of just going for it. God said it, go, you go for it. Taking the ownership. You know, just one thing before I pray. As he's telling Joshua this, one promise he says, every path that you step on, every place that your foot shall step on, the ground is, I have already given to you. Past tense. Past tense. God had already given him the promise. Not Joshua. This happened long ago with Abraham, their forefather, their ancestor. That God says, this place, this is yours. This is for your descendants. This is past tense. The promises of God in your life. He's already decreed them in your life. Now he wants you to start walking in them. To the extent that Joshua would have gone on and the Israelites would have gone, that's how far their boundaries would have been. God had already expanded. Some of you, you need to start walking on those doors this week. You need to start walking. You need to keep going. Get up if you haven't been going for a while. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your grace Thank you that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you that through the authority of Jesus' name, God, that we can walk through the wilderness. We can walk through the desert. We can walk through mountains. We can walk through any obstacle that comes, oh God. Because no mountain is too high for you. No valley is too low for you, oh God. That we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Father, I ask today that you would open the windows of heaven for us. That you would give us the courage to be who we are in you, O God. To be bold in proclaiming your good news, O God. To be bold in in the endeavors that you're calling us to. To not be timid or intimidated by anything. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Father, I pray for those that have been bound and oppressed 
by a past. Maybe it be a past of their own failures, their own undoing, the choices that they made that have kind of had the consequences that are unwanted, unwarranted. It's a past, but it affects them today. And maybe those that are held by a past of not their own doing, God, but has been passed on to through bad family, bad parents, whatever the case may be, abusive spouses, abusive people in their lives, but they carry this weight today. Your word said, Lord, that we should take our cares on Jesus, for he cares for us. You said, God, that your burden is easy. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I mean, if I'm praying for you right now, just can't begin to receive from heaven right now. Raise your hand. Just receive this if this is you. Because I, I believe the Holy Spirit is doing something right now as we are praying in the sanctuary. He says, take upon me. Take upon you, my yoke, God says. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I pray in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every bondage, any inheritance, every baggage of the past. You said that you have given us authority, O oh God, to trample over snakes, scorpions, and to overcome every power of the enemy. Today we take authority over every baggage that we've been dragging us down, pulling us back. We can't run fast enough because the weight is so heavy on our shoulders. We command that weight in the mighty name of Jesus. Be gone, be dissipated in the name of Jesus. And I speak freedom, I speak liberty. For it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be subjects to the yoke of slavery. I pray against every spirit of bondage, addictions that have been going on. Addictions that have held people back. You set us free, Lord. You set us free, Lord. We thank you that you have the power and the authority over every addiction. I speak to addictions right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We're not looking down. We're not giving up. We know that the Lord's power, the name of Jesus, is above every addiction. bondages that have held people back from moving into their destiny. Right now I speak to every addictive spirit in the name of Jesus under the authority of the name of Jesus. You're already defeated. Christ died and he rose again. And we receive that blessing right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that by your wounds we are free, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Give us the courage to be the light Stir up our hearts, oh God, to go, to keep on going, to keep on telling people about Jesus. Like we sing around Christmas time, going over the mountains, over the hills, everywhere. Let it not be songs, oh God, but actions that we put, boots that we put on the ground, and telling people everywhere we go in Lincoln about the love of Jesus, the saving grace of Jesus. Where we've been timid, Lord, we ask that you forgive us because that's not the spirit that you've given us. For your word says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and soundness of mind. God, we receive that. We receive, Lord, a great understanding. We receive power. We receive soundness of mind, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. By his wounds.